0: I'm not pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the Drive to Work, Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so I've been using my time at home to interview people about making magic. So today, I have Taylor Ingverson to talk about art direction. Um, and we're going to talk all Ooh. about Strixhaven. Welcome, Taylor. <laughs> hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so um, I've talked a lot about Strixhaven from the mechanical side of things, but we've not talked a lot about the... The world building art, you know, art side of things. So let's start from the very beginning. What is the earliest memory you have of Strixhaven? Oh my gosh.
1: Earliest memory I have of Strixhaven is people walking up and being like, this is going to be a set about spells. And my first thought was, holy cow, we make magic. <sighs> How are we going to do this one? That sounds like a tall order, but it was also incredibly exciting. There's a big blue sky. Open world to dive into, and it was it was a really fun challenge that uh, was fun to sink our teeth into.
0: So, when when did you first get involved? Like, uh, like what what's your oh. what's your earliest memory of what the world was?
1: Earliest memory of what the world was was in early exploratory world building and vision design, sort of the um, enemy color pairs coming together and. Essentially, the top line was just that, and that it was a going to be a fantastical school about wizards, and
0: that was that was about it. That was a little nugget where I came in. So, one of the things that I know that happened a lot during vision design was the idea of making the school centered around a subject, a school subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of the things, one of the things that we're always trying to do when we make factions is make sure that we have an interesting take on them, so we're doing something unique about them. Um, and so I worked hard with Doug. Doug. Doug did the um, a lot of the world building. And you, you and he yeah. worked hand-to-hand, obviously. Um, so so oh, real quickly, just people might not realize this. So on the creative side of things, usually on a set, there is somebody who is in charge of sort of the words, if you will, and someone in charge of the pictures. <laughs> um, and so yeah. the art director is in charge of like the visual look and who the artists are and, and all of the sort of the visual side of things. And then then the other person's in charge of sort of writing the world document and you know doing a lot of the world building from you know more of a a structural world building like what's the story and how does the world work sort of way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Doug is a fantastic partner to have on on the world side of things and story side of things. And I think something that was really incredible about this set in particular what makes a lot of our sets and the creatives so successful a lot of times is when uh the creative lead in this case doug and the art director myself in this case work really well together and info goes seamlessly back and forth there's not really any walls set up like no i'm in charge of visuals you don't touch them like we were having constant conversations about like oh what if this happened in the story and then doug would come up with some cool visual idea that was fun to play around with and it was a nice, like, sort of passing the ball back and forth. Uh, I guess playing, playing catch, making the set, which was, which was a ton of fun. And those are absolutely my most favorite uh, types of sets to to work on, is when just the, the both both sides of the
0: creative jive really well together. So, as an example of that, I, I want to talk about the five schools because I think that's a good example <laughs> of what you're talking about. Where there's a lot of sort of okay, what what are this? You know, what exactly are they? And um, you know, you, I, and Doug all spent a lot of time on, like, okay, the green-blue school, what is it? And we're like, well, it's, it's the math school. It's the school all, you know, and, like, what does that mean? What is math magic, you know? So talk a little bit about how, like, how you get a visual identity to, to sort of a concept of something.
1: Yeah, so there was – it's really fun process because, like you said, it's just – there is a subject in, in this case. Let's take uh, Quandrix, for example, the math school that started out as just math. Um, so it's not sort of like a, oh, I have this perfect little nugget of an idea and then it makes it to final. Like there are so many iterations and so many like whiteboard sessions of what could this place be? Like uh, you can't get too precious of a bunch of ideas super early because you're going to end up most likely throwing a bunch of them away or they're going to morph in some way or another. Um, Quadrics uh, is a great example because that one was really challenging. Um, there were so many trope spaces that could potentially we could potentially fall into that could make this school not particularly interesting. And something that's awesome about Magic the Gathering is that everybody gets to sort of be the hero, be aspirational. Like, if you're just kind of sitting in the corner like working on your equations like how do we visually make that look really expressive and really cool and um fractals came in um both as like a mechanical standpoint and just also uh, i think this is something that's really cool when design and creative work really well together is sort of like there's a mechanical space that plays pretty heavily into sort of a a, a visual take um or helps the visuals along and that sort of Replicating things and being able to make things bigger and build upon them um, really led us into sort of this magical kind of plated glass repeating uh, patterns and fragments of what creatures could potentially look like um, with this particular sort of math magic, if you will. Um, Something that was also really, really fun and challenging about this set was taking a sort of school trope and making them work with kind of the enemy color pair of uh, blue and green, right? Like not necessarily always thinking the same way of doing things. Um, blue is definitely a little bit more, a little bit more heady and smarty and playing with play styles and wanting to sort of get that across in the visual. And then green is also about like nature and creatures. So we tried to find a cool, fun combo for both of those in the visual, which was, a lot of fun and a a really fun challenge for all of the colleges.
0: So which, which college ended up being the biggest challenge for you visually? Visually, like, so every college ended up kind of shaking out,
1: even Quandrix ended up shaking out pretty, pretty well once we got rolling during the concept push. Um, Surprisingly enough, uh, Witherbloom trying to find like a unique, visual identity and motif to use throughout Witherbloom's college as far as like what the students outfits look like ended up being the biggest challenge which was which was really interesting kind of kind of threw me for a loop on the push as well as sort of just the challenge space of oh man what could this be like is it do we go with a super simple route of just what what's kind of expected with it it's sort of like this biology death magic um sort of life from death with a. uh, uh black green um we ended up sort of landing on kind of like this rib cage beaker combination to sort of hit both of those um that one was really fun but trying to find just that iconic motif that would go across the entire school and kind of end up branding it as its little icon um that one ended up being more of a challenge than i was expecting
0: is it just so the audience realizes, like, when you are building a school visually, it means what do the students look like? What kind of things are in the school? What does the magic of the school look like? Right? What does the, what is the um, familiar of the school look like? There's a lot of sort of yeah. visual pieces <laughs> that have to all come together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, everything from large scale, what does the campus and environments look like? How does it feel to walk around within this place? What are the students carrying? What are they wearing? Why are they wearing it? What justifies that about their type of magic and their environments that makes it feel like it makes sense why they'd be wearing that within their college? Um, And again, with Witherbloom is a super fun example of sort of like uh, early on started out with sort of this kind of Bayou biology majors, essentially. Um, So we were thinking about kind of swamps and stuff, but we didn't want it to feel dark and gross and and strange like you didn't want to go there we wanted all these schools to have a a feeling that you you wanted to go there there was something about it that was so cool to you that you just had to go there um and something with Witherboom that was super fun is a lot of their clothing is sort of heavier and thicker and wearing gloves that have sort of like thick leathers and stuff because Part of their deal, and what fits in with the mechanical space uh, with them, as well as those those cute little creepy pest tokens. So they're running around picking up all sorts of creepy little critters and to help use for their studies and like study them as well. And those little pests are adorable, but they're maybe they're gonna bite you, or they're a little like spiny, so they're hard to pick up. So giving them like heavier heavier equipment was was something fun to play around with. Of like, well, why do they have huge, heavy leather gloves and boots? Oh, because they're kind of trudging through this magical
0: swamp, and there's these cute little critters around that could potentially poke you. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about pests for a second. Um, I, for each school, I had a familiar, but the the pests the are probably my favorite. How, how did the pest look come about?
1: <laughs> the pest the look was, was a lot of fun because it was like, uh, man, we want to make these things cute. But you end up kind of sacrificing these tokens and you don't want to feel so bad about doing it so we had to give them a little bit of an edge where they're like cute little jerks um and really the the look for the pests was just kind of doug and i riffing on what they could potentially look like and then we brought in our amazing principal concept artist Han chu who just riffed on pests for like there was like four pages of pest designs and i think a majority of them made it into the world guide because not every pest is the same. Uh, they all sort of maintain that cute little jerk vibe, but they all have their own little unique flair. Um, and it was really like Jay Han's approach. He just had a, he had a solid click of what those things could look like hitting that, uh, cute and creepy vibe. Um, and making sure that they could be able to blep cause you got to blep with those big old adorable eyes. Um, but that was honestly like sometimes you just kinda knock it out of the park where it doesn't it ends up not taking too much time, something that you think could be a bigger challenge. You bring in an artist uh who just clicks with the subject matter and then you're off to the races, which was fantastic with with these and exactly what happened. Uh, Jay Han's a, a beast of an artist.
0: <laughs> so the the <laughs> the college that I know we had on, on our side had the biggest trouble with uh was actually um uh, the white, blo- uh, the white black college, um, mm-hmm. what is their name? Uh, Silverquill, 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 um, talk, I want to talk a little bit about Silverquill. How, how hard visually was it? Cause it mechanically, we had all sorts of problems <laughs> <Yeah>. with them. <laughs> yeah. Re- rhetoric is
1: a, it's kind of like a, a, a tough, tough visual to, uh, to attack some a a challenge visually on for for magic and other card games is we we don't really get the opportunity to show things in motion like we just get one one frame right so we could do people like oh man these folks are really good at uh talking speaking rapping singing but when you depict someone singing on a card just kind of looks like someone's standing there with their mouth open which can look a little awkward So we wanted to sort of like bring in a little bit more energy and movement to them. So as they are talking and writing, they're in motion, like their, their arms are in motion. They're actually physically kind of exerting themselves to perform their, their craft and their magic. Um, so as they're speaking or writing their, uh, inky tendrils flowing around them or, uh, their other, their other pair of white, um, sort of oh sorry live on a loud street uh like cool radiant magical wisps whipping around them as they're sort of can almost conducting their spell rather than just kind of standing at a podium and talking um so that was that was really like a a fun college to take on and also sort of them being the kind of Uh, almost a little bit elitist in their, in their approach to colors. Like they are correct in everything. And we really wanted that to come across as well. in their dress, like everything is clean cut, really, really awesome pleating and seams in their, um, both in their clothing, all their hair is just done perfectly to a T with awesome lines. And just, it's almost like someone crafted their look just out of it. And, uh, really wanted to give them, the, give them sort of like a,
0: a high-class appearance. So I want to ask a little bit about their familiar. So interestingly, in, in early design, it originally was a, a gargoyle. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it – so it got changed over to the Inkling because they were just trying to make it feel more like – because the school was all about sort of language communication. And so how, how did the Inkling come about? Do you remember the visual looks of the Inkling, how that came about? Yeah, it
1: was – that was a really fun one too. Cause we were thinking again with this call, like, how do you make writing look interesting? We got on the idea of a quill as a big part of their, their motif. Um, and that sort of led us to kind of thinking about like what you would dip your quill into, which is ink. And then how does that look magically and came across like a bunch of different, different ideas of how this creature could, could come to be, um, And then I forget what meeting exactly, but we landed on sort of the idea of riffing off of uh, Rorschach tests, sort of this just constantly moving ink. You could see kind of what you needed or wanted to see throughout them and kind of use that as a jumping off point um, for for the general look of the Inklings and got a lot of really cool designs back based off those that, again, just like the pest sort of hit that like cute little jerk vibe. Like they are floating around. They're sort of like all silver squill quill students, uh, hype men and hype ladies. Like they're just pumping up, pumping you up and uh, getting you ready to do your spell as cool as you can. And then maybe if you don't do so good, maybe they'll, you know, chirp at you a little bit like, man, you could have done that better. Oh, get out of here. Inkling. Um wanted that sort of like really kind of that, that, Bringing a little bit of whimsy to to Silver Quill because they are so have the potential to be so rigid. Um, we wanted we wanted the inklings to be able to bring in a little bit of that uh, humbling humbling vibe to that college.
0: Okay, I'm gonna jump to another college now. Um, All right. So Lorehold was the college where we deviated the most like we red white hadn't had really sort of mechanically gone in that space before it was probably the the color pair that pushed the farthest away from where we'd been before um what were the challenges of lorehold for you what challenges for lorehold um similar with like all
1: all the colleges is uh um professors right like historians and classically sort of they're amazing to listen to, but visually, not necessarily to, to potentially come across a little bit stuffy, um, and that was something that we we, we wanted to avoid um, wholeheartedly with with this college in particular. So, red being added into that was a great help because red is so kinetic and full of passion and exciting um, that we we came across sort of the idea of like the adventure historian, uh, the adventure. Splunker. So, sort of the history and motion type of deal. Like, you will all these students can run into ruins and slide under like rocks that are falling above them, trying to crush them as they're just trying to capture a tome or pick up a piece of a sculpture or something uh, to bring it back to their their college to study. Um, Something else that was really fun to play around with with this college was uh, the idea that they could touch history, like, literally with their magic. They can reanimate long-lost statues of individuals who have been gone forever and sort of possess a statue with a spirit to learn something. Um, so potentially talk to mages or warriors from 300 years ago, like, hey, how what, was that? what did you guys do back then, actually? I'm, I'm having trouble on this test. Um, so that was something that kind of uh, was really facilitated also by the the spirit token which was an interesting challenge because they don't fly so we wanted to bring in some, some some weight and heftiness to to this token to allow it to to feel right that it that it couldn't fly away so we thought about animating these these crumbling or crumpled statues so that they could kind of drag uh, parts of their Parts of their bodies. Uh, well that sounded dark. Parts of their statues mm-hmm. are around, so there was some physical contact with the ground um, to help us out with that. So that was all. These things are so much fun to work on, and the the mechanical spaces always bring some some uh, some fun challenges, and multiple creatives bring fun challenges. So it's they're really really cool to work on.
0: Yeah, the we had spirits very early because we loved the idea that if it was a magic school and you were learning history. Well, why not just talk to the person that lived it? it seemed very cool. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, one, one, okay. one of the big okay. things that we were saying is I, one of my sort of pet peeves on magic schools is that they, they seem to study magic but not actual classwork, you know? And right. <laughs> I like the idea like, our school, like, they use magic but, like, they're actually studying real thing. You know, they're studying yeah. math or history or, you know, a- actual subject yeah. matters. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, sitting... Sitting down in a classroom like is something that we can all understand. Uh, that ends up like in the in the visuals and whatnot can end up feeling a little sleepy. So pumping it up a little bit of what what makes this these colleges like we understand what they're doing, but what makes it like oh man, I wish I could have just summoned you know X Y Z figure from history to help me out with that. That would have been
0: great, <laughs> great. Okay, so we have one more college to talk about uh, yes, Chris Mari, our 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 art school. <laughs> Um, so what, what were the challenges with Prismari? Oh man, Prismari.
1: I think the challenge for me with Prismari was, I don't know, like feeling like maybe I'm not pushing this far enough. Um, are so like, like going to art schools and being around creatives all the time. They're so expressive, so passionate about everything. And that's incredible. And sort of how do we... how do we embody that in a, in a visual look, right? Like a lot of, a lot of ours, a lot of our kids don't necessarily like, or creatives don't necessarily care what anyone really thinks, but secretly they do. So they, but they just want to be perfection at their craft and and grow and learn and be better. So um, we wanted to kind of hit that dichotomy of, of blue and red in this in being able to show control but also just pure expression so when you look at their campus it's kind of this amalgamation of this beautiful awe-inspiring uh structures but they are twisted uh rock and elements of the earth mixed in with water and just kind of this r- their, their whole campus is almost like a massive art installation um which was really really fun to play around with um, especially with the with the elementals that they get to cast. Those were ones that like we've done. Magic has done so many elementals in the past. It's like, how are these unique to Prismari? Um, and we, we wanted to stick with kind of that, that constant, um, battle between pure passion and control that red, white has so much fun to, to bring into it and how the elemental is kind of a constant, um, almost like a class project, like sculpture from, from one of these students of potentially how they're feeling at that time. Um, but Prismora with all that passion and expression, um, was a lot of fun to play around with, with the students costuming. Um, they are very expressive, um, kind of almost leaned back into some Victorian elements too of. uh, I always I always forget the name of these, and I feel so bad because I should know the name of these. I knew at one time, but those little cloth poofs that uh, uh, come out around your neck and little ruffles in the in the fabric, um, and playing with almost more of like a um, a ballet approach to to their movements and their spell casting. Um, just everything was very very artful and expressive in in how they cast, how they present themselves, um, and how they learn. Really fun.
0: Okay, so now that we've talked about all five of the colleges, um, we're talking a little bit about the, the the college in general. Like, for example, the library, right? That was that was a sort of the centerpiece of of the campus. How did that come about? Yeah, yeah. The Biblioplex was
1: the idea. Sort of was just that there is a library in a place that is so massive and so mystical that it holds essentially all of the knowledge of the plane and kind of beyond. Um, for for this unique plane to take on and so the the general idea for that like we went back and forth a few times of like well should this college be closed off you need to get like a uh like a hall pass or a library pass or something to go in and then we ended up landing on you no know, we wanted all of Strixhaven to feel welcoming um if you were, if you made it into the school like almost nothing was off limits to you so that allowed us to kind of play with massive uh, overarching doorways and entryways into the biblioplex. And within, it's just kind of like layer upon layer um, of scrolls and tomes and books and all sorts of other texts uh, to try and find whatever spell you're studying or needing. Um, it's, it's really easy to find the biblioplex. The overall layout of Strixhaven is sort of a, a massive uh, star um, and from each from each uh, point of the star, like, leads you through massive pathways and these awesome big torches called the Torches of Enlightenment that will bring you straight to the Biblioplex. So the Biblioplex is essentially at the, the heart and center of Strixhaven because it's, it's the center of learning. Get it? Uh,
0: so. Okay, so you talk about the spell. So I'm going to segue into um – the mystical archive, which which was re- represents sort of all the spells sitting there in in, in, in the library, um, from an art standpoint, so what what was the take on the mystical archive? Like that, that has a very distinct artistic sort of quality to it.
1: Yeah. So mystical archive, uh, the the look for that was, or the idea for the look of that was essentially like in world, what you would find um, within the text or in a massive tone for the particular spell you were looking for on Strixhaven. Um, so that was, that was kind of the, the jumping off point of that. And we landed on kind of this kind of started as a little bit of an illuminated manuscript, but then merged into something a little bit more fantastical, um, so that it didn't feel too rooted in, in real life. Um, but that was the general idea was there are, a collection of spells from the multiverse, essentially the most powerful spells. And uh, if you found them, this is what they would look like as a student uh, researching them in Strixhaven.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about, so when you assign an artist to do something, we give them what we call an art description, which is sort of, Mm -hmm. uh, here's what the spell's about. um, And and sometimes it's more spelled out the image we want. Sometimes it's more left up to the artist. Um. So, like the mystical archive to me is a little more looser, right? Where, where a lot of times we're more exact on, like it's a kill spell, so you have to see someone being hit by lightning bolts or something. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the mystical archive and and
1: takes on art like that are a little bit more unique. A little bit, the description is crafted a little bit differently than, say, a normal um, art concept like. For a, for a general art description, like we get, it's sort of the prompt, almost the, uh, the the instruction booklet for what we would like to accomplish. Kind of like, what's the vibe of this overall goal for this card? And then um, it allows enough flexibility most of the time for the artists to bring in their own voice to to every piece that we do. Um, some are more specific than others, and we also hand them a massive hundred hundred plus page, um, sometimes multiple hundreds of pages of a uh, Uh, world guide document um, that has all the things that that we want to see in this world in there. Um, For the Mystical Archive it really leaned on um, sort of that that central vision for what we wanted those to look like uh, visually Um, and then uh, Doug who wrote all the concepts sort of crafting uh, those ideas around the vibe of the spell with kind of this visual take in mind and then uh, Tom Jencott, the art director for the Mystical Archive, um, did an incredible job. Both of those guys did amazing work on the mystical Archive. It's so cool. Um, would would take that and just communicate back and forth the vibe of what we're looking for. And the artists that were targeted for that were were felt that they could actually bring that vision for what we wanted from the mystical archive uh, to life, which is which is always super fun.
0: So I I I can see my desk from here so I'm almost to work. Um <laughs> any any final vi- like any visual things we didn't talk about like anything that you're really proud of from Strixhaven that we haven't touched upon yet? Yeah, I think just
1: the overall tone of Strixhaven I think hit really well. Like it is there's a lot of serious themes in there but it also kind of has a a lighthearted welcome to school um Five in like a really, really fun, cool, and unique way that we haven't seen done before in other expressions of, of wizard school. And it felt uniquely magic, which was something that I think all of us should be super proud of, um, everyone who worked on it, which is a ton of people. Um, and then also just every college really getting its own unique look. Like, there's there's definitely no mistaking... Um, if you're looking at someone from Silverquill or Lorehold, even though they both share white, or if you're looking at someone from Witherbloom or, uh, Quill again, because they both share black, um, it was, it was really a fun challenge to be able to express enemy colors within or opposing colors within each, each college themselves. But then how does the same color differentiate between other colleges, um, it was sort of a, a a unique puzzle that was that was incredible, incredibly fun to figure out and sort of workshop together with the team. So,
0: yeah, I, I agree that one of the things that I was really happy with when, like, I was very involved early on on getting us to do, you know, like uh, getting us to do this set right. It, it, this was one yeah. set that I I pushed real hard to do, and it's really fun to me when we take sort of trope space, but find like Magic's version of it. Like, I feel like. Mm-hmm. We made a, look, there's been, there's lots of magical schools, you know, in pop culture and stuff, and, um, but I feel like we made magic's version of it in a way that's really, it's not like anybody else's version, you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, there's right. obviously overlaps in the tropes, but, you know, it, it really was uniquely our own, and I, I think, especially visually, that, that was awesome, that, that's something that I really appreciate about the set. Yeah,
1: no, it's, I'm, I couldn't be happier with the set, and I'm, I'm excited and I and I hope that the world loves it too. It seems like people do. But that's something that's always nice after the fact. Is it's like, oh man, people really like the set. Oh gosh, oh, It gives me the
0: warm and fuzzies. Amazing. Well, I mean, it it sold very very well, and the surveys came back very well. So uh, from all our, all our metrics, the people did did enjoy Strixhaven. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I love well, it. Well, thank you. I want to thank you, Taylor. Uh, I'm I I I've made it to my desk, so. Uh, we need to wrap up. But awesome. I want to thank you for joining us and sharing us. Uh, I, I talk about the, the design part all the time. We don't get to hear about the visual component nearly as much. So it's great to hear that perspective.
1: Well, thanks for having me on, Mark. Uh, it was a ton of fun. I really appreciate it. And good luck getting to your desk. I know it's treacherous going from one spot of that room to the other spot.
0: <laughs> well, everybody, now that I'm at my desk, we all know that means. means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I want to thank Taylor for joining us. Thank you. And for all you, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.